0: Kristen and I'm Bethany and this is looking for the middle the Christian girls guide to modern dating we are here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ we're going to give you the tools you need to date successfully and to be set up well for success in a godly marriage if you've ever felt like
1: you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today well neither did we so you're not alone that's why we're here looking for the middle
0: and welcome friends to another episode and part two of our episode on six guys you should not want to date so we're glad to have you back
1: does it seem like
0: this season has been exceptionally depressing
1: yes it does why is that we're not in depressed places no it's just weird i feel like everyone you should not want to do this and your relationship is in trouble and
0: (laughs) how do I go when he was never yours to hold on to being lonely and all this stuff hold on let's look do we y'all excuse my mouse scratching my desk here as i hope to find more positive episode topics for oh my god that's couch cast that's not helpful hold on (laughs) y'all are going to get a sneak peek into the rest of the season and we didn't even tell you that we were going to do that so if you're listening also if you're here for the first time welcome and we like rabbit trails (laughs) yes (laughs) welcome to the craziness oh my goodness yeah okay next week is don't lose hope that's that's optimistic okay it sounds like we planned that now and we really didn't (laughs) that's hilarious don't lose hope hope is also my word for the year so this there is gonna we be go. preaching to the choir um we're gonna interview dylan oh that's in right a couple that weeks. is soon
1: oh man we gotta figure that out yes
0: <laughs> so for those of y'all who are in high school or early college if you're listening um when we did the mentel all series the ages of the guys it was mid-20s early 30s and mid-30s and we have we've had a lot of y'all reach out in the past six months i would yeah. say that are in high school that are listening which is awesome we yeah. love that y'all are listening and I think it's super admirable that y'all are wanting to gain this wisdom and knowledge and everything at such a young age. I think it's awesome. But we thought, why don't we interview a guy that's a little bit closer to y'all's age bracket? Because dating in high school and college is different. And so we're interviewing my sister's boyfriend. Sorry, he's not on the market. But (laughs) um, they've been dating for three and a half years, which is a miracle if you know my sister. Um, Aw, we love you, Danielle. We do. And we, we... praise her for it all the time, because before she met Dylan, she had a new crush every three weeks, and now she's been with Dylan, and she's had the longest relationship of anybody in the family. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, other than my parents, obviously. Well, yeah. But, so we're going to interview him. We're going to do an episode on to the boy I'll date in the future, which is going to be fun. I am
1: so excited about that one. I'm really one. excited about
0: that one. We're going to talking about leaving, cleaving, and weaving. Marriage. Marriage. Fun topics. Should I wait for him to change? Okay. That's not terribly depressing. No. Um. And then we, then we go to why is dating so hard? And we're back to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was oh looking gosh, for. Yeah. And then we close with the evolution of dating, which we'll get into more. Of we that. have a lot in store with the
1: evolution of dating and dating through the generations. And oh my gosh, yes. We're really excited for what. Well, I was gonna say for what the summer holds, but it's looking like what the early fall holds yeah. at this point. Everything got pushed back a little. Yes,
0: exactly. So y'all hang in there with us, and it's not gonna be as depressing for the no. next few weeks. Okay, as again. It has been <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. So before we jump in, Bethany, what is your question of the day? Okay. Are you ready for this? Never it's, am. But it's go an for it. easy one. You say that every no, time. No, this one really is. Okay. Okay.
1: What is the one thing you are most looking forward to doing once? everything is back opened up. Like we're in Georgia for everyone who maybe doesn't know that. And so things are starting to open back up. Restaurants are kind of, well, they're kind of hit or miss. They're allowed to open, but not all of them are as far as for like dine-in. Nail places are open. Stores are starting to open back up for like, you know, 25% capacity or Mm -hmm. whatever. So what's the, what one thing are you most looking forward to doing?
0: So I am slight, very short backstory. (laughs) I decided for my birthday i just asked for money from everybody and i have like saved some money also and i'm going to go on a big shopping spree with all this money right now you can't try on clothing at stores because of the cdc so i am looking forward to (laughs) going to the mall and just shopping trying on clothes and buying new things there you go with no reservation (laughs)
1: Oh, how fun! Yes, that's that does sound really good. Number
0: one thing. Okay. What about you?
1: I think mine. I mean, we're going in like a week or so to get our nails done, and I'm not normally a
0: you normally manicure person. Excited, I'm not yeah. super
1: into it, but just the normalcy of oh, I want to go get my nails done, so I'm going to. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm kind of I don't know. I'm kind of living my normal life as much as I can right now with whatever's open. I told someone the other day. I was like. I'm not going around licking doorknobs, but like (laughs) if I want to go to the store because I need new mascara or, you know, it may not be an essential thing Well, I'm going to the store. Like I'm kind of in that middle stage right now. I'm being cautious, but not like I'm not leaving my house kind of thing. I'm I'm just, I'm at a middle place and I know it's so different for everyone. Right. But I am looking forward to, yeah, those little things where it's like, oh, I just want to go get my nails done or I just want to go do this and you don't have to think about well are they open or do we have to have an appointment I think I mentioned last week that I was going to the pool with um my cousin and she was like oh well I need to to make a reservation at the pool or it's by appointment only And it's like what (laughs) that's so weird so I'm just ready for some of that weirdness to go away I think yes I completely agree good question I thought that was a fun one good question
0: and we are recording this two weeks ahead of time so maybe by the time (laughs) this comes out we'll be a little bit uh Maybe we will have already, gotten, have our nails already gotten our nails done. Oh, how nice. Okay, so let's jump in. As y'all know, last week we started this list of the six guys you should not want to date. We covered guys one through three. So if you haven't listened to that episode, we highly recommend you go back and do that so you get the full list. So, quick recap of the three we touched on last
1: week is number one, the guy who does not prioritize his faith or doesn't really go to church. Number two is the guy who is a shameless flirt. And we all know what that means. We don't need any explaining there, but we do a lot of explaining in the other episode (laughs) anyway. So go listen to it. And then the third one is the guy who doesn't do anything, which was kind of a general term for maybe he's passive. Maybe he doesn't communicate several other things. So those are the three we touched on last week. And we've got three more this week, which adds up to six, We're good at
0: math. There we go. (laughs) And one other quick reminder we made this disclaimer in the last episode, but this is not an exhaustive list. Mm. There are plenty of other things that may describe a guy that are red flags that show that you shouldn't want to date him. Yeah. And so just because the guy you like may have something he's going through or dealing with, but it doesn't come on this list, doesn't mean like, oh, well, that means I can still date him and it's (laughs) fine. No, like y'all know, if he's not a Christian, if he's abusive, if he's with somebody else, if he pressures you physically, if there are a lot of other things, but yeah. use your best judgment as you're figuring that out. And this is not the end all be all here. We just picked six. Correct. I keep saying that it reminds me of football. <laughs> Pick
1: six. <laughs> Pick six. <laughs> I do think th- these are an important six. I think so. so yeah, we're not exhausted by any stretch, though. No. Okay, so let's jump in. Guy number four. What is it?
0: The guy who avoids talking about the future. A.K.A.
1: the commitment phobe. Mm. (laughs) We've all been there. And honestly, tell me what you think about this. I feel like this one is one of the more exhausting ones on the list. Oh, for sure. Because you never know where you stand. It's like this constant state of limbo. You always feel like you're expecting too much. But at the same time, you're like, this seems really like a reasonable expectation, but... By the way he's reacting or not reacting, like, I feel like I'm being needy or I'm I'm wanting too much for this and I don't know. And this is kind of a sliding scale, I guess you could say. The, the level of commitment will broaden and deepen as the relationship does. But it really is just exhausting if you're with a guy who can't. I, I always say, I mean, if the guy won't plan past the nose on his face, we've got trouble. And I have to be careful. And I think you probably do too. We're both planners. Mm-hmm to the other extreme and i think by nature we as women plan more anyway and so you have to take into account planning in depth for the next 5 years is different than someone who will talk about the future someone who's willing to talk about and think about it, and look towards the future that doesn't mean he has to have every detail planned out so just make that distinction just because he doesn't have every you know little bit of his 5 year plan where he can articulate it to you doesn't mean he's afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. So like with some of these others we've talked about, I think we mentioned last week, some of these you may have to be dating the guy and look for these things once you're already dating. And I think this is one as you're going along, just look for, is he willing to look towards the future? Not so much does he already have it all planned out.
0: Yeah, that's a good distinction to make. For me, I when I think about a guy who commits versus a guy who's afraid of commitment that's what separates boys and men in my mind absolutely and when we did the original series back in season one where we talked about six guys you should want today at the very beginning of the first part we made a list of like here's what differentiates boys and men and commitment was one of those and like willingness to look towards the future and this is so big for me because I have dated guys who were one foot in one foot out and who weren't super keen on commitment (laughs) and it was so frustrating and hurtful to an extent because you're like I'm ready for like I'm ready to jump into this. I'm ready to commit to you and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden that's not reciprocated. You kind of retreat with your tail between your legs. Oh yeah. It's hard not to take it personally. It is. It really is. So, and like Bethany said, unfortunately, this is one of those things you most likely won't see or pick up on until you're dating somebody, but you can look for signs that he is a commitment foe, even outside of your relationship. So, for instance, if he has trouble making big decisions, if he doesn't ever want to make plans super far into the future, if he's just kind of an overall wishy-washy person, like it doesn't just have to be in the relationship. If yeah. if those patterns are showing up in other parts of his life cuz you think about the way you are and the way you're wired, that Kind of seeps into the way you date. It's not like, oh, I date like this and I live the rest of my life this other <laughs> yeah. way. Like your patterns kind of go in and out of all these different parts of your life. And so if you start seeing signs of, wow, he really can't make a big decision or, you know, he's constantly second guessing himself and he doesn't really you know, ever commit to one thing or commit to one job or commit to one, you know, place to live or whatever. Or a church. Yeah, exactly. And it's always just moving from one thing to the next. That's something to pay attention to. And this isn't to say he can't eventually overcome
1: some of these things. And we mentioned this last week again, too, but you don't have to date him while he works on overcoming his fear of commitment. You don't have to be there and have to put up with that necessarily necessarily. If it's something that's been brought up and he's working on it and you see progress and you want to stick it out and really see, then that, I think that's admirable. If there's not a lot of progress or it's not something he sees as being a problem or anything like that, then, yeah, I think you have to cut and run at that point, unfortunately.
0: Mm -hmm. I think so, too. Okay, so then now let's jump into guy number five. And this is the guy who is controlling. Now... If you have done any sort of study or reading about male-female relationships in scripture, you know that men and women have different roles when it comes to marriage. However, marriage is also a partnership. This is not a dictatorship. This is not you marry a guy and he lords over your life for the rest of your (laughs) days. That is not how this works. And controlling behaviors are not something we should ever condone, ever encourage, ever Put up with, And you can do that respectfully, kindly, in a God-honoring way. I'm not saying yes. you've got to be rude and mean and harsh about it, but you don't have to put up with it. And you shouldn't.
1: On the flip side, I would just say, just because you're not getting your way does not mean he's controlling. <laughs> yes. And I'm not going to get into any big discussion on that. I'm just going to put that statement out there and leave mm-hmm. it alone. Yep. But yeah, like you were saying, the verse is not get married and your husband will lord it over you the rest of your life. That's not what it is. <laughs> The verses say husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's so much of marriage that is just about service and not service because someone deserves it, not service because you want to, but because that is what you are called to and that is what you're commanded to do. And that is sacrificial love. It's giving. It's a dying to self kind of love. That's not a controlling, manipulative, my way or the highway kind of love. It's just not. And we need to learn to recognize the difference and make decisions based off of that.
0: Exactly. Because as women, you know, we know our role, according to scripture in marriage is to submit to our husbands. But submission does not mean we have to be doormats and be run over. That's not how submission works. No, You know, you think like, I I want to be with somebody that I can see myself submitting to, that I want to submit to. You know what? I trust your leadership. I value, you know, how you're leading me in this family. And so I want to submit to you mm-hmm. because you're somebody worth following. And I know that you're pursuing the Lord and that's your top priority. And so that's going to affect how you, you know, lead Me and our kids and all of that. That's what submission is. It's not master-slave relationship by any sense of the word. Just another quick reminder. I put PS in (laughs) there. You do not have to submit to your boyfriend. The Bible makes it very clear. Wives, submit to your husbands. If you are not a wife, submission is not required of you. So if a guy you're with is demanding your submission while you're dating, or if he's showing controlling behavior patterns now is your chance to walk away because you can. yeah. And you have that freedom when you're dating to be like, you know what? No, I don't have to submit to you. You do not own me. You do not make the rules for me. And I'm not like, this sounds very like women empowerment and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying like, you fall on that spectrum where you will. We all have our own thoughts on that. And I am, I have my own opinions on gender roles and I've read scripture about this, so I know where I fall with this. And I would encourage you to do the same. Yes. But I do think that a man should respect the woman he's with. And I think the woman should respect the man she's with. But in to the proper degree that is outlined by scripture. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Because yeah,
1: your goal in doing that is to honor the Lord, Mm -hmm. not to get something out of that other person. And I think that's where controlling comes in a lot controlling behaviors are behaviors that are trying to get something for yourself from the other person. You want your way you're demanding, you know, something, there's something in your life that's an idol and you are going to control the other person and people in your life to make sure that you get that thing. And, you know, our pastor talks about an idol is something in your life that you are willing to sin to get or sin. If you don't have. Hmm that control is an idol in your life but you're looking to get something out of it. If you're looking to honor the Lord, you're not going to be perfect, but that's going to be your motivating factor and that will be clear, I think.
0: Yeah, I think about well, like what were you were saying earlier just because you're not getting your way doesn't mean that he's controlling. You know, you think about I give my dad a hard time because he was, he's always been super overprotective, particularly with me because yeah. I'm the oldest and I'm a girl. So yeah. it just comes with the territory. <laughs> but I think about growing up how my dad was always like very involved where I was going, who I was with, how late I was out, like all this stuff. And at the time, you know, you're a teenager, like, this is yeah. so unfair. And you really like, put all <laughs> these rules on me and then I could take care of myself. And it wasn't this like oh, I'm just giving you rules for the sake of rules. And I'm going to show you that I'm your dad and I'm in charge. No, I care about you. And I want you to be safe. And it's my job to protect you. And so I am going to ask you not to be out till two in the morning when you're 17. Or, you know, I'm going to ask you not to go hang out with this specific group of people because I don't think it's a good idea. The same thing goes, obviously, it's different when you're married, but like if your husband is asking you to do something because he cares about you or he's trying to protect you or he can see something that maybe you can't, that's where that submission comes in. And that's where you're like, you know what? I've got to trust him here. That is, that's what I feel like scripture was talking about. Yes, It's like you said, it's not just, oh, I'm going to control you just for the sake of having control. And I want to be in charge and I want to call the shots. It's no, It is my job to, as your husband, to protect you and to care for you and to love you. And you're, you know, you're in my, you're my family now and I'm going to act on that. That's what you're looking for.
1: Yeah, I think, I think submission has gotten in an effort to look very different from the world. It has gotten a little bit twisted, I guess you could say, even within the church in that submission in no way means that, You just do whatever your husband says all of the time and yet that he deserves that and that he can just demand that from you. I think there's going to be areas in your relationship and in your marriage that you are stronger in than your husband, that you are more gifted in. And let's say you have the time for. So an example would be, okay, let's talk about maybe like paying the bills and keeping up with the budget. You sit down and you decide that together, but then maybe you're staying at home with the kids, you have the time during the day to pay bills and to do different things. And you're telling them, Oh, Hey, we need to spend this here and this here and this, that, and the other. That doesn't mean you're not submitting to your husband mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you're leading in that area. And you've kind of taken that by the reins. It's not a matter of, Oh, well, she's just you know, not submitting to her husband and not, you know, fulfilling her role or whatever. That's not, that's not what that means. And I've heard people say things like that just because maybe she pays the bills or she does this, that, or the other. I'm like, no, I don't think that's the issue. The issue in my mind, when we're talking about submission is that, well, let's just keep the same example. You've got two things you need to spend money on and you only have money for one and you feel strongly about one. He feels strongly about the other. Neither of them are sin issues. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of where do we spend our money? Mm -hmm. He says, no, I think this is what we need to do. And you still think, I don't know, let's say you need a refrigerator and a dishwasher. I don't know. You really think? Keep you it need, simple. You really think it's better to buy the dishwasher? He really thinks you should buy the refrigerator. That's where you say, "Okay, like I, we've talked about it. We've whatever. I don't completely agree, but you're my husband. I trust you. I trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. And because this is a God ordained institution and a God ordained structure, it is God's will that you submit to your husband in that. That's what submission is. Is saying, "I don't completely agree, but I trust the Lord." And that he has given me you as my husband. And so I trust you and I will submit gladly. Mm-hmm. And it also means that when you buy the refrigerator and it turns out, oh, well, maybe we should have bought the dishwasher. You don't say I told you so. <laughs> yeah. That's not what this is. Yep. But that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like you're wanting to honor the Lord and you're looking through it saying, this is my husband. This is who God has put in my life. And I will submit to his decision in this because I know that's who God put in my life to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think on a very minimal scale yes (laughs) that's kind of the difference of what submission looks like is knowing knowing your strengths knowing your weaknesses both of you and then constantly communicating about things and then if it comes to that point where you've communicated you've talked and you're just not on the same page you defer to him Mm -hmm. and but it's not him coming saying here's what we're doing i don't care what you think we're not going to talk about it this is what we're doing that's when you get into
0: that control issue exactly because Like we said before, this is a partnership and you want to be with somebody who values your opinion and who values, you know, your own wisdom and your discernment and wants to make this, you know, decision as a team and as a unit, because you are a unit. Right. You are one Uh as a married couple. And like Bethany said, if he has that my way or the highway kind of a mentality, especially if you see that while you're dating, you have the chance to walk away now. You don't, you don't have to just stick with that for the rest of your life so this is a really really important one to look for as you are dating yeah because this this can cause a lot of trouble in a relationship and in a marriage if it continues Uh huh. okay wow we're really going we have all the depressing i mean they're all guys you shouldn't want to date but i feel like there were more like <laughs> <laughs> you probably ended that on a better way i should have just let you in that one. <laughs>
1: oh my okay. gosh I think that was good that was good discussion Yes. Like, okay good, yeah.
0: good things to talk about yes okay so our final guy rounding out this list of six guys you should want to date is the guy who is unteachable mm-hmm this is, teachability, I think, is just a super attractive quality in somebody. Someone who listens well, someone who wants to learn, somebody who values wisdom from other people. I'm just, I'm super impressed yep. by someone who embodies those qualities. I have to say, outside of,
1: is he a Christian? Like, this, this is really w- high this on is your list. really my second one.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if a guy does this well it will compensate for a lot of other things that, like, you know, I'd really like to have this, but you know what? Like, he's really teachable. Like, that will make up for a lot, and it's definitely one that is Mm non-negotiable to me. So yeah, like you said, it's very attractive. It is. There's a humility to it that,
0: yeah, bodes well. So guys, if you're listening. Yeah, teachability. Because on the flip side, if he's not, then, you know, you're looking at things like, arrogance and pride yeah. and all of these things that you know we talked about when we did our survey, those are super unattractive qualities. Like if a guy's arrogant, I'm like, I don't care how cute you are. Like <laughs> yeah. and I've dated guys like that where I'm like, wow, you're so attractive. And then I'm uh-huh. I'm like, oh dear gracious. Yep. No, I don't even see you as attractive anymore because yep. you're so arrogant. And, you know, that's not what we want to move towards. And so if we're thinking about teachability, you know, who or what should he be learning from? if we're looking for someone who's teachable as opposed to someone who's not.
1: The number one for me is the Bible. A huge determining factor for me when I'm evaluating someone's teachability is what is his view of the Bible in relation to how that applies to his daily life? A high view of scripture is so important. When you have that, you can let go of some of the more minute differences in your theological standpoints maybe. And I said minute, not big things. And the reason for that is because, you know, this guy holds scripture in a very high regard and he is willing and it's important enough to him that when he comes across something that in scripture that differs with what he believes or what he thinks or what he's decided, he defers to that. He lets that mold his life instead of trying to fit it into what he wants his life to look like. And so I can let go of smaller things because I know that when it comes down to it, He's holding scripture as his ultimate bar and I should be too. I don't have everything together either and I need to have that same teachability, but I know that God is sovereign. God will teach him and show him what he wants to, when he wants to, about what needs to change or he may stick to it and show me that I need to change. But with that as your ultimate barometer, that will shape his life. God is sovereign and I'm trusting the Lord to shape him how he wants to and I don't have to worry about that. And so there's a freedom in that that is
0: so great. Yeah, because you're not, you're not carrying a burden that's never yours to begin with. Exactly. Like this, this is some, there are things that are just between him and the Lord mm-hmm. that you're not involved in that you never will be involved in. Yeah. Like you said, if that's his main source of accountability and guidance and wisdom, then you're not, oh God, well, what, who's going to tell him what to do and who's yeah. he going to listen to and what's he going to you know, decide and what if he doesn't listen to me and you know, <laughs> all those things. We'll talk about that in a second. But if that's his number one mm-hmm. source that he goes to, that's really, it gives you a lot of peace and comfort and something like this is somebody I really trust. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's one of the first things when I'm getting to know someone and we start talking, you know, it goes past like the, What's your favorite color? And what's your favorite movie? You know, you're taking that next step a little bit deeper into figuring out these bigger things. This is one of the first things I ask. What are your thoughts on the Bible and how do you interact with that? And what, how does that affect your life? I ask that sooner than I ask about the finer theological points of my own faith or his or this, that and the other. I mean, I'm, I'm Baptist. And so there's obviously certain other denominations or, you know, I try to, not get too caught up in labels I because I care what do you care about scripture like mm-hmm. what that's my bigger thing and so but you have to have a general <laughs> similarity so there's obviously different viewpoints that I'm going to agree with more than not and that's why I said the smaller things you can let go of but this is what I want to know first mm-hmm. because this is if this isn't there I don't care if you believe all the same things I do you're not going to be right about everything and if you're not willing to submit and be
0: taught by scripture it doesn't matter how close we are to begin Mm -hmm. with. So exactly. And so, you know, we're talking about, you know, all the things and people he should be learning from as we're about to continue that list. But think about this from, if he's not doing these things, this is the guy you shouldn't want to date. Like he just said, so if he is not holding scripture in a high regard, if he doesn't value, you know, what the Bible says and how he applies it to his life and all that, that's what you don't want. So we're almost kind of, reversing this one saying here's what you should look for and if he's not these things then that's what you want to stay away from good point (laughs) so the next thing obviously he should be learning from the bible he should be learning from other people I think it's so important y'all know how I feel about mentors I think we should all have wise people around us who are speaking into our life and are giving us you know wisdom and counsel and I look for that in a guy that I Want to date. And if he doesn't have people like that surrounding him, that's typically a red flag for me. Like, if a guy's a loner and if he tends to make all of his decisions by himself, you know, if he's not willing to listen to other people and he doesn't seek out any sort of counsel when he's making a significant choice in his life, that's concerning to me because even when, like, let's say I marry the guy down the road. Before he makes a big decision, not only do I hope he talks to me, but like I hope he goes and talks to, you know, his parents maybe or some, you know, wise older couple or his pastor or somebody in his life who has spent time investing in him and, you know, passing on that wisdom and that he sees the value in that. Mm-hmm. Because if, again, we go back to arrogance, if he thinks, oh, I've got all this figured out and I'll just make, I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't want anybody's opinion. I just want to do this. It's just not showing that kind of, you know, humility that I would hope to see in somebody. So if he is not learning from other people, seeking counsel and guidance from other people, if he's not willing to listen to other people, if a guy's not a good listener. Yeah. that's And that's something that I haven't really learned up until the past. Not because I've dated guys even that aren't good listeners, but... I've been around enough people and I'm like, you're not listening to me. You're just, you're waiting to respond or you're waiting to just tell me your opinion or you're not even breathing long enough for me to even (laughs) tell you anything. That's, you don't connect with somebody that way and you don't build relational intimacy that way. And so if he's not a good listener, if he's not seeking that wisdom, that's somebody that I don't want to date. One thing I would want to point out too is, if you go back
1: and listen to the first part of this, and the first thing we talked about is a guy who isn't in church and doesn't prioritize his faith. And I think a big part of teachability, or like you were saying, learning from other people is, is he in church? Is he active in a church? Is he submitting to their leadership and authority? Is he learning from his pastor? Is he wanting to learn and grow in that? Because if a guy says, Oh, church really isn't for me or, Oh, I don't need church. I, you know, religion, blah, 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 That just says I'm prideful and I know better
0: Mm. at its
1: core to me. And so when I hear things along those lines, like we talked about in the the episode before, those are huge red flags, warning bells. This guy's not teachable.
0: Mm, Absolutely.
1: Okay. So the last couple here of, is he teachable? I think a big thing that I want to see is, (laughs) is he teachable by himself? And what I mean by that is, does he learn from his past? We all make mistakes. We're not looking for perfection here. Y'all know that by this point. But what I want to see, is he humble enough to admit to his mistakes? Whether it's he sinned against you, he snapped at someone, whatever, big or small. Is he humble enough to admit it? Can he even come say, hey, babe, I'm sorry, I did not mean to say that like that. Forgive me. Well, you know, can he do that? Um, Does he learn from them? And then on top of that, does he take the steps necessary to make a change in his life because of what he has learned from that? That's huge because if he goes through life thinking nothing's his fault, if he's constantly talking about how every problem is everybody else's fault, Mm
0: -hmm. that's a red flag
1: to me. Oh, for sure. I'm like... I know you're trying to impress me, but I also know you're not perfect.
0: So don't mm. act like you are. Yeah. I would it, much rather a guy be like, yeah, I really messed this up one time. or, yes. Oh, I totally should have done this instead. And that's my bad. The humility that that takes is so much more attractive than a guy that seems to have it all together. Because. It totally is. I'm a, I don't have it all together. No, <laughs> no. And I'm not expecting him to either. But then I also, you know, like you said, it's concerning if nothing's ever your fault. That's a lack of responsibility on your part and your yes. unwillingness to be like, you know what, this is my role that I had in this because the majority of the, I'm not gonna say every single time, but a lot of times when something doesn't go well, or when something goes wrong, or when you know, things don't go the way you thought they would, you play some role in that if you're involved. Yep. Not always, but a lot of the time you can find something you're like, you know what, I could have done that better. Or I could have said that differently. Or I could have handled that conversation in a way better way or whatever. And if a guy's willing to do that and learn from that, like you said, and then apply what he's learned later then you're like, okay, yeah, we're,
1: I can work. with Yeah. (laughs) That's
0: growth and that's maturity. And that's what we're looking Mm -hmm. for. Yeah. Not
1: perfection. Exactly. That's never what we're looking for. No, never. And then the last one is you, does he learn from you? Is he teachable? And this is not, (laughs) Let me just teach him how I want things to be done and how I want my perfect little boyfriend to act. And you just get in line. That's not what we're saying here. And I think y'all know that by this point, but almost more, does he take criticism or critique well from you? Is he open to, like we said before, not being perfect or does he bristle and get super defensive anytime something's brought up? If you come to him humbly and kindly and from a place of care as a sister in Christ and say, Hey, I've noticed this. I want to help you work on it. What can we do? Like, I think this is, you know, maybe an issue and I want to help you with it. Does he take that well? Mm-hmm. Or is he kind of a jerk about it? And <laughs> yeah. we've all been there. Yep. So, you know, just, I think that's an important one too, but it's not, let me whip him into shape kind of thing. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and even like, it may take time if this is. You know, if y'all haven't been dating super long, the first time you point something out, it's <laughs> yeah. not gonna feel great. Yeah. But so even, you know, have some grace there. And if he doesn't react the best right off the bat, but then he's like, you know what, I'm sorry, you were yeah. right, and I do need to work on this and I would love it if you could help me, you know, XYZ, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because getting criticism from somebody that you're dating, oh my gosh, is really, really difficult to swallow. When it you know, and the longer because the longer you're together, there's more trust built. There's more not that what they're saying isn't valid, but like you value more what they're saying because you've built this long-term relationship with them. And so the first time you're like, okay, well, who are, you only know me for like three months. <laughs> yeah. Who are you to say blah blah yeah. blah? You know, yeah. Once you've been
1: together a while, you're not really trying to impress them as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are, but you aren't. You know right. what I mean? There's and so I think comfort. there's
0: comfort. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So and I mean. Y'all, y'all know I love quotes, but I, <laughs> Bethany had to remind me what it was because I totally butchered <laughs> what I thought it was. But Albert Einstein said, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. Keep in mind, it's one of the smartest people who has ever walked the planet. <laughs> and he said this, and this is the mentality that you want a guy to have. You don't want him to think he knows everything or that he never needs any help or guidance from anybody. You want him to have this, you know what, the more I'm learning, the more I realize how much I don't know. It's like when you turn 20, you know, mid-20s and you're like, wow, my parents really did know a lot. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> this light bulb moment of, dang, I thought I knew it all and we I clearly right know <laughs> nothing. Yes. And so if we can find guys who have this mentality, that's a great direction oh, to head yeah. in. yeah. And that's someone you want to spend your time with and you want to grow closer to and that you want to follow his lead and all of that. So this is, that's a great little like line to keep in your head, I guess, of, you know, does he have the same Mm -hmm. mentality as Albert Einstein? There you go.
1: Well, and if you think about it, if this works out with this guy, you're going to be submitting your life and your family to his leadership. And so you have to ask yourself now, if this is a guy you'd be willing to follow, based on his current decision-making and behavior patterns, mm-hmm. current decision-making and behavior patterns, not what you in your head could see as working out perfectly in the future. Yep. Because there's no guarantee of any of that happening. No. What is he doing now? What is the direction? What is the pattern? What is the current decision-making process look like? And could you submit to that and be okay with it and live with that for
0: the rest of your life if it never changed at all? Exactly. That's the question. Exactly. And. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've said this yet, but y'all, I would really encourage you to look through this list too and say, Hey, do these all like, do any of these apply to me? You know, am I prioritizing my faith? Well, am I teachable? Am I controlling? Am Mm -hmm. I a shameless flirt? Am I, you know, I'm, what were the other ones? What, (laughs) um, you know, do I avoid talking about the future? Am I scared of commitment? Am I passive? Y'all, I just took like two minutes trying to remember that, and I realized all the notes are in the same sheet. (laughs) Such a blonde moment. But take some time to go back through these, because it's, you know, one thing for say, these are the kinds of guys you want to look for or avoid. I guess in this case. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't just a oh, I'm great and let me just go find, you know, a guy who checks all my boxes and who's none of these things. No, it's very easy for us as women to fall into these categories yeah. too. This is not a male specific list here. Like these are all things we can be guilty of and so take the time to become who the person you're looking for is looking exactly. for. Exactly. And you know, put yourself up to this test as well and see, and like, you may find, oh, wow, I really, I do struggle with this. I need to work on this. And if I'm single right now, then fantastic. I have time to work on it (laughs) and I don't have to involve somebody else, like another person in a relationship with that right now. And I can really work on this so that I'm better for it when a relationship comes along. Don't um, be tempted to fall into the mentality of, oh, these are all the things I'm all the flaws I'm going to point out and all the men around me. And if they can just get on my level, this would be great.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the six guys you should not want to date because our audience is 87% female. I don't really know what their, their percentage is, but that's who we're talking to. Mm-hmm these aren't gender specific things. We're just talking mostly to women. So they would apply to
0: a guy in your case. It's really what that boils down to. Exactly. And the last thing I'll say before we close, and we said this at the end of the last episode, but just to drive the point home one more time. If you meet a guy and he falls into one of these categories, or if you're dating a guy, more so if you're already dating him and you're starting to see one of these six behavior patterns become true of him and you see okay this is something he needs to work on this does not mean you have to just let it cut him loose ride him off forever you're like well he's a lost cause he's never gonna get married i'm just <laughs> gonna move on try somebody else no they you know our hope and goal well not our goal to like do this for him but our hope is that he does work through this mm-hmm. and that he improves and that you know he overcome something that maybe he struggles with and that he's a better person and that whoever whether it's you or somebody else that's in a relationship with him in the future that they benefit from what he learned going through this yeah and so just keep in mind like he's not a lost cause if he's going through this but do keep in mind you do not have to date him while he's working through it and i know that we as women have this um nurturing nurture exactly nurturing uh characteristic where we want to just help everyone and fix everybody and make everybody the best they can possibly be which can be a really good thing in the right context (laughs) uh fixing the guy you're dating is not the right context and so if you need to take a step back and be like you know what i'm gonna let you do this if we end up together down the road great if not fine i'm gonna live my life and you know you live yours and if we Cross paths again, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But don't feel like you've got to stick this out with him and fix him and be his rock through this because it's not your role and it's not your job. No.
1: Give him the time he needs, but not because your life is on hold waiting for that time to be up. Live your life. Make a hard, clean break, but you can leave that door open in the future if you happen to be back at that place. But don't go forward with one eye looking back hoping Mm -hmm. that happens move forward and if it if God crosses your paths again then go with it exactly
0: so that's all we've got for y'all today guys that closes out our six men you should not want to date also as a reminder remember we based this off of well not based it off of but we kind of piggybacked on our six men you should want to date episodes from season one that we re-released a couple months ago yeah when all the um, shelter-in-place stuff started happening. So if you haven't listened to those, you should go check those out because those are really great, too. And I think those have been some of the most popular episodes we've ever done. They are. Y'all yeah. have really liked those mm-hmm. if you've already listened. So go check those out and then come back on Friday for another couch cast. And as always, if you find anything we ever say helpful, please <laughs> tell a friend about us because we would love to be helpful to your friends, too. <laughs> we love meeting y'all's friends. We love when we have new followers and new listeners. It's so cool to see we were just talking about, like, it's been about two years since we had the idea for this podcast. And just to see that all that God has done through this and all the people we've gotten to meet and talk to and, you know, encourage has been the, the hugest blessing is what I was about <laughs> to say. I don't think that's the word. The biggest blessing. So thank you all for, if you've been here from the beginning, thank you. If you're new, thank you. If you're somewhere in the middle, thank you. We love you guys. And we're super grateful. So. Check back on Friday. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle.